Welcome to the Mind Boss Project. We're leading the war against a societal programming for a fat, broke, and unhappy population. Our mission is to make you the boss of your mind to free you from that very programming. I'm one of your co-hosts, Gabe Pluguez. What's up? I'm your other co-host, Jack Bly. Today, we have a special guest. He is the owner of Masculine by Design. He's gone from dad bod to six-pack abs, and he inspires thousands of men on a daily basis. So welcome, Craig James. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank, thank you to both of you gents for letting me come on here and uh, have a conversation with you today. I, uh, I don't get often asked to go on other people's podcasts, and a lot of times when I do, I have to decline because I, I'm busy. I have a, you know, a fairly demanding uh, day job. I also have the online business that, that you mentioned. And, uh, but you know, I see what you guys are doing. I love the messages that you're putting out there, uh, really helping men uh, approach life from a strong mindset, which is key because everything flows from the mind. Uh, so, you know, I obviously wanted to take this opportunity to come on here. So I do appreciate you guys giving me your platform, helping me uh, reach your audience with my message as well. Oh, absolutely. And to everyone listening right now, just some background, we are recording this at um, 6 p.m. our time on a Sunday. So it's clear that, uh, uh, Craig is a super busy guy. He has a ton going on and uh, we're super happy to have you here. Uh, but one thing I'm super curious about right off the bat, I know on your website, you pretty much, you share your mission, your uh, mission of pretty much trying to provide ongoing teaching to guide the manifestation of total masculinity in the lives of husbands, fathers, and sons. So can you kind of take us through what inspired this very mission and what does that truly mean? Yeah. So the masculine by design really has a, a twofold meaning. So um, I'm a Christian. I believe that that all of us have been created by God. I believe that we've been created with a purpose. And part of that purpose for men is reflected within the traits that we would call masculine that all men are born with. Now, we all also know that in today's society, uh, masculinity is shunned. It is called toxic. Uh, you know, little boys are told to reject a lot of the traits that make, make them masculine. So having a lot of energy, being ambitious, being competitive, all these things you talk about participation participation trophies and things that uh that the boys get today and that 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 really snuffs out that masculine fire and so you know i have people sometimes you know kind of mock me and say oh masculine by design you're just some some uh you know guy spitting some machismo and false bravado and all this it's not that at all i mean i, I don't consider myself some supreme alpha man or anything like that however i do believe that men have been endowed with specific traits that make them masculine and because of the way society is structured today uh, we have to be intentional about developing and refining those aspects of our of our manhood. And so while we are designed masculine by God, we also still have to go out of our way, at least in today's society. I think maybe in times gone by, that would more naturally have come to us to just develop those masculine traits because we would have that tribe. Uh, you know, today we know that about half of our young boys are growing up in homes without a father present. And that has devastating consequences because a boy doesn't ever learn how how to navigate this world as a man and unleashed his masculinity and his potential uh, with that. And so I was fortunate enough to grow up in, a, in an intact home. And, and I have a father who, uh, for the most part, is, represents what a masculine man should be. Um, but I see a lot, of, a lot of my fellow men today don't have that. A lot of my fellow men today are struggling. They, you don't have any idea how many men reach out to me with the most basic questions about, you know, how do I, how do I find what my mission is or how do I find purpose? And these are things that, you know, I had from the time I was seven, eight years old, you know, I'm, I'm playing sports and I'm working on different things with my friends in the neighborhood and, and just enjoying life and pursuing different missions and avenues that interested me. And so, but that does speak to the fact that, that men today are lost and they, they do need to get back in touch with that masculinity, no matter what society might tell them. And so that's just been my mission to, to help men have what, what I have in a lot of ways. And, and I'm intentional about developing these things in my life as well. You know, I talk about you know, pro, 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 projecting yourself as a masculine man, whether that's in your aesthetic with your physique or the way that you speak, the eye contact that you hold, the way that you project your voice and articulate your words. And, you know, I, I talk to men inside of our uh, Brotherhood Fraternity of Excellence all the time that I run with Zach Small, who I know was, was on your podcast. And, you know, we, we talk about how the way that you say something is extremely important because if I'm talking to you guys and I'm, I'm looking at the ground and my voice is real soft, right? That, that gives you the impression that I don't believe in what I'm saying. And if I don't believe in what I'm saying, you sure as hell don't have any reason to believe in what I'm saying either. And so as men, uh, that's, that's one example of how uh, men today are very shy. They're very timid. They, they don't speak in a way that makes you believe that they actually believe in what they're saying. 
And uh, again, just an example of, of how we need to be intentional about projecting masculinity on the world. And when we do so, we find great value in that as men. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I think that it's very important that we, again, as men, especially in today's day and age, are going out of our way to project and find and intentionally develop that masculinity. Now, I want to ask you a pretty tough question because I always try to look at things, um, especially kind of these opening questions where we're talking about someone's mission um, from the perspective of somebody who disagrees with you. So somebody who might disagree with you about the idea of masculinity and might have, like you said, this uh, idea of toxic masculinity might've heard everything you just said and just doubled down on their positions thinking, oh, you, you're, you're as evil as I thought you were wanting to project your masculinity or wanting to uh, pursue your masculinity. Um, so what I want to hear from you is um, why is important for us to actually pursue and project our masculinity? What are the good things um, that masculinity actually brings? Sure. That's a good question, Gabe. Now I, I will uh, start by saying I will never push my views on somebody, whether it's uh, my views on masculinity, my views on Christianity, no matter what, what uh, philosophy or viewpoint that we hold and we try to uh, share with others at the end of the day, they have to come to the genuine acknowledgement that what you're saying is true and valuable or it really doesn't mean anything to them. So for those out there who disagree with me, you know, if you're happy living a, an effeminate life as a man, if, if you're happy, you know, not laying hold to, to uh, that masculinity that you've been created with, I mean, keep, keep doing what you're doing. That, that's fine. You know, and, and my mission is for the men who recognize that that is no way to live, that there, something is missing from their life, that they aren't uh, unleashing that power that they know is within, that fire that they feel inside that is snuffed out. There are millions and millions of men who find themselves in that state. So that, that's who my mission is for. So I, I do understand that not everybody's going to agree with me and that's fine. They can, they can go find somebody else, you know, to listen to. Um, but the value that comes from unleashing your masculinity on the world, it, it is truly immeasurable, especially for men like me who have a wife and three children, because I'm setting an example for them that is going to bless them as well. So my, my daughters are seeing an example of a, an assertive, a driven, and a, a man who's a leader in the home. And so now when they're out in the dating, the sexual marketplace, whatever you want to call it, right, the dating, the dating market, uh, they're going to know what, what a man looks like and how a man ought to behave and, and manifest himself inside of his home and what it looks like to have a healthy dynamic. You know, when I say I lead my home, that doesn't mean that my wife has no say in anything and I just, you know, domineer over her. Uh, it's not that at all. It's I make sure that everything is being taken care of. I delegate responsibilities to her. We talk and are on the same page with things. We understand who's responsible for what within the home. And, you know, I allow her to be more feminine and she likes that. Am I going to say all women like that? No, probably not. But I think a vast majority of women do. And a vast majority of women who are in marriages today aren't allowed to be the feminine women that they want to be because their husbands are not stepping up to the plate. And so they have to fill that gap, that void that exists in leadership, and they have to fill a more masculine role. They have to be the disciplinarians, and they're the ones who are you know, stressing all the time about making sure that the bills are paid and that they, there's a plan in place for how they're going to you know, send their kids to college and, and put some money away for savings or invest their money or, or, or just day-to-day -day decisions on who's going to do what around the home. And so I, I don't advocate that to my wife. My wife certainly helps. I, I could be, I, I would be nothing of the man that I am today without my wife. You know, a lot of men look at being married and they say, well, you know, having a wife and kids is a detriment to my life. And I put a tweet out about this, uh, I think a few days ago, basically said, you know, if, if you view your wife and your kids as a detriment to your life as a man, that's, that's on you. That's not on them. You know, my, my wife and children motivate me further. I, I, I have gone further because I know that I have three kids who are dependent upon my leadership, my protection, and my provision. I've gone further because I have a wife who supports me in all the things that I, that I endeavor to. Now, it doesn't mean that she never has disagreements with me. That doesn't mean she, she doesn't ever say, hey, are you sure your time's best spent doing this, that, or the other? Uh, but it does mean that, that when we're on the same page and she knows that I'm committed to doing something, she stands behind me. You know, right now, she's upstairs cleaning the house and, and tending to the three kids while I'm down here with you guys. So, so she is allowing me to fulfill my mission in the way that she supports me. I, I couldn't raise three kids on my own to the degree that I can raise those three kids with her. Um, and so, so back to your question, I, I went on a little bit of a tangent there, Gabe, but um, with, with the value of masculinity, you know, the, when I talk about the traits of masculinity, we talk about being assertive, being bold, being driven, being ambitious. These are all things that women can do as well. So, so all the traits of masculinity with maybe a few exceptions 
women can possess these traits, but what we see most often is that men possess these traits to a much greater degree than women. Men, men possess the ability to conduct logic and to divorce themselves from emotion when they're making decisions. That doesn't mean no women can do that. It just means as a general rule, men tend to, uh, tend to, to uh, compute decisions in that way, which makes them particularly good at being leaders because you don't want a leader who is going to be led by their emotions. You want a leader who's going to be led by objective realities, by facts, and by gathering inputs and, and you know, taking, the, taking the evidence where it leads and making a proper decision. Um, asserting ourselves, being bold. Uh, how many men are just doormats today? And I'm not just talking in, in the home, but in their place of business. I mean, I talk to men all the time that, you know, I think their, their employers aren't paying them what they're worth. Okay, well, have you talked to your employer? Have you asserted yourself in that situation? Doesn't mean you have to be a jackass about it, but you can have a conversation with your boss and say, hey, I'm, I think I'm worth X and you're paying me Y. Here's why I think I'm worth more than what you're paying me and lay out, lay out your case. Uh, but so many, so many men today are just afraid to even have those conversations because uh, they're, they, they're not bold. They're not assertive. They don't know how to confront things in their lives. And again, I, I love your guys' message. We talk a lot about that. You know, Jack, I know I see a lot of tweets from you, you know, basically explaining, you know, what you have in life as a result of your mindset and how you attack your day. You know, we have a society of, of perpetual victims where people want to sit and point the finger at everybody and everything as the boogeyman or the reason behind why they don't have what they don't have in life. And the main culprit is them. And that's part of part of what it is to be masculine is taking personal responsibility for your lot in life and not placing that blame on other people. And when we do that, I mean, the, you guys both know this, and I'm sure most of your listeners do as well, but taking that personal responsibility and asserting yourself, laying out a battle plan for what it is you want to achieve, that is power. And that is a power that a lot of men don't have today. Another power that a lot of men don't have today is the power of fraternity, which is why I created Fraternity of Excellence uh, as a space where men can come, to, come together because we have struggles as men that are different than the struggles that women have. And I, I fully support women having, having their own spaces as well because they need to be able to come together with women and talk about the struggles that are uniquely feminine, the things that, that women struggle with and get that counsel from other women who have been where they are and who've come through the other side. And so men need brotherhood. Men, men need brotherhood really bad today. I mean, there, there aren't very many places anymore. I mean, even the, the Boy Scouts has been changed to Scouts and they allow uh, you know, uh, girls who want to be boys or who have, who have even, you know, considered themselves transitioned to boys into Boy Scouts. Uh, so the, the male-only spaces have, have really been devastated over the last decade or so, and uh, men need that. You know, like I said earlier, we don't have a lot of fathers in homes today, and so, you know, for the men who grow up or the boys who grow up in homes without a masculine father present, they have to learn that from somewhere. And the best place that they can learn that outside of the home is in a, in a group uh, that's exclusive for men and that is committed to living out what it is to be masculine. So Gabe, I hope I answered your question well there. If there's something that uh, I didn't cover, please let me know. And I'll be happy to happy to uh, expand a little bit further. Yeah, that was absolutely. That was a fantastic answer, man. Um, you hit the nail on the head and I really love how you um, really drove home how the, the actual downfall of um, what people consider toxic masculinity actually happens to be just a lack of real masculinity, which is what we're all, um, you know, pursuing and what produces all these fantastic um, outcomes where there's a home, where there's an example, where there's a home, where there's a leader um, and it trickles down, not just to yourself and improving your own life, but improving the lives of the people you love. So great job. Yeah. That question. Yeah, that's, that's one of the, that's something that I'm very passionate about is I understand at least to, to, a, to a greater degree than I think most people do, that my actions are going to reverberate many generations down the line. And I, I, will, I don't want to have that regret later in life of seeing my sons and daughters get into marriages and maybe end up divorced or, or they're, they're in miserable marriages because I wasn't an example of what a thriving and healthy, successful marriage uh, and, and home looks like. And so I, I do try to be very intentional about that. Now, at the end of the day, our children are their own people. They have free will. Uh, there's no guarantee uh, that that they're going to necessarily take hold of what I'm what I'm exemplifying for them and what I teach them. However, statistics do show that uh, there's a very high likelihood that they will. And so I, I do make it a mission of mine to set an example for those who follow my leadership uh, that will bless them and not not be a curse to them. Yeah, that was actually a topic that we were talking with with Tyler Todd, that kind of that trickle effect of the actions that you take on a daily basis aren't only affecting you. But the people around you, your family, your peers, um, the people that, you know, you work with, you don't even realize these people look at your actions and look at you as a leader, but they do. And that's so, so critical. 
Um, and also I wanted to say that you're clearly very passionate about this. You, you're on the spot and you're very well-spoken about the subject. Um, so now we know we've established why, you know, masculinity is really so beneficial and so necessary in today's age. Let's take it one step further. So why is it that you think that masculinity seems to be so rare as a trait in men nowadays? Yeah, I think the biggest reason for it is, is what I mentioned a couple of times now. It is, is the fact that there aren't fathers uh, in, in homes. I mean, divorce is ravaging our homes today. And, and, and I'm, I'm somebody who is a staunch, uh, staunch uh, advocate against divorce. And uh, now I'm not going to say that it's not ever the best decision, uh, but we, we have no fault divorce taking place at a rapid rate today. And, and I think that a lot of men and women simply give up a little bit too early. However, I also think that the reason that happens is because men are hopeless because they, they feel like they've tried everything. They've tried doing more chores around the home. They've tried uh, putting their wife on a pedestal and making her happiness their mission. And while society tells us that that is the way that we ought to approach our relationships, the problem is that women do not respond to that. And women don't respond to weak men. Women don't respond to men who don't know what they want. Women don't respond to men who worship them. They respond to men who are uh, exciting. They're adventurous. They're ambitious. They're going somewhere. They're going somewhere valuable that they also want, want to go with them. And men don't have that today. And so when I, when I bring that in, because when we're talking about divorce, one of part of my mission is helping men understand that when they live lives that are in alignment with their masculinity, it impacts everything. It impacts how much money you're going to make. It impacts how you look with your shirt off. It impacts how much sex you're going to have with your wife. It impacts whether you're going to get divorced or not from your wife. Uh, because by and large, women want to be with a masculine driven man who is going somewhere. And if, if men can come and come to terms with that and start living that out in their lives, that divorce rate will start to go down, I believe. And, and I've, I've seen this, I've seen it happen with men that I've, that I've worked with and that, that, uh, that I've dialogued with that they've turned their lives around. They were in marriages that were on the brink of divorce and now their marriage is, is a, and the epitome of success. I mean, they're, they're happy, they're sexual, they're enjoying each other. And uh, divorce is not even on their minds anymore. And, mm. and uh, that, that's where we have to start. I mean, we have to start by uh, stop, stop these homes being broken apart, get fathers back in the home. And uh, that, that's the main reason for it. But there are many others. I mean, you can look at across the board where our boys are being influenced as they're growing up. If you look at, at how schools are structured, you know, you, you sit a six, seven, eight-year-old boy in a desk all day, and he's sitting there with all that masculine energy, jittering his legs and unable to focus because that, that's not the way boys predominantly learn. Uh, then, you know, they, they end up getting an ADHD diagnosis, being put on Ritalin or some other medic medication. Uh, by and large, the people that are teaching them in these schools are women, and there's nothing wrong with that, but, but we need a healthier balance uh, of men and women. And then you look at the church. So, so they'll, go, they'll go to school for five days a week, and they're predominantly being taught and led by women. They go to church and predominantly, especially like for the for kids ages, at least in the churches that I've I've been in uh, there, those are women. And again, there's nothing wrong with it. But when a boy grows up predominantly raised by women uh, again, again, you go back to then there's also not a man in the home. And so maybe he's seeing a, a positive masculine figure 10, 15, 20 percent of the time, maybe. And so so how is a boy supposed to understand the value of masculinity? All he is seeing is is feminine virtues and the feminine nature being played out in front of him. And he's even in the environments that he's learning in, it's being structured that in a way that is more beneficial to, to, to girls. Um, and so, so all of that plays into, you know, boys growing up, not really understanding what it is to be a man. And, you know, again, we see this in, in how, how competitive boys are, you know, boys are told if they, if they speak up, it probably doesn't happen in elementary school, although it might in certain, uh, you know, liberal strongholds, but, you know, in high school, for, for sure, you know, a boy who asserts himself in the classroom will probably be accused of mansplaining or, or something ridiculous like that. And, and but it, but it's a shame tactic and it works because when you're a when you're a 16 year old boy who have been who's been raised by women your whole life and now you're told you're doing something to to, uh, you know, talk down to a woman and that's not acceptable. I mean, all of that, that shame that just that hits a man uh, that that play that takes its toll. And, you know, we look at uh, you can look at too the uh, number of transgendered individuals uh, that transition from either being a girl to a boy or from a boy to a girl. And it's overwhelmingly uh, people who are transitioning from being a boy to a girl. And I think a big reason behind that is because boys are taught that they're toxic. Boys are taught that to be a girl is better to, to be a girl has has more benefits and 
you are a, a greater value to society. You're not toxic. And, and I think that, that this is uh, waging a psychological toll on our boys that I don't think we can really understand and probably won't understand uh, for a number of years down the road. Yeah, I, I, I love so much of what you said there, man. Um, one thing that really hit home with me was um, how you're kind of describing that boys, um, you know, maybe not in elementary school, but definitely in high school um, are sometimes discouraged um, from being assertive, from speaking out. And that, that hit me because one of the craziest experiences that I ever went through, I've told Jack and my brother the story so many times um, in college, um, my second, my second year, um, I was in a, I was in an English class when, you know, one of those general education English classes where you have the classic, um, you know, liberal, like stronghold professor. Um, we were talking about a, a book called the yellow wallpaper, which is, um, you know, the, the general idea, at least from what my professor was explaining was that it was a book about, you know, toxic masculinity. Um, and where the eight and in the 1800s or 1700s, um, all the, the, doctors of the town and the leaders of the town and the husbands were conspiring together and diagnosing their wives and their sisters with mental illnesses to control them. That was the general idea for my professor. And um, when she asked if anyone had any comments or questions, I raised my hand and I told her that I found it uh, to be somewhat unrealistic that uh, all the men of the town were having these secret meetings and conspiring to harm the women they love most. That was my comment, their sisters and their wives. Um, that was my comment. And her exact response was, of course, you think that you're a man in 2019, you're a 19 year old man. Um, and I was kind of shocked. Um, and she asked me, where did you learn um, to, to say something like that? And I told her almost exactly what he said, um, well, you know, or where did you learn to say something, you know, that, that, you know, uh, kind of assertive and confrontational, especially in this subject that we're talking about, that is so, um, you know, potentially triggering. And I told her exactly, well, you know, my dad was always somebody who spoke his mind if he thought someone, something was wrong in the home. Um, and it comes back to that point where if men want to be masculine and promote their masculinity and pursue their masculinity, they have to, at some point, make a decision to be masculine, especially in the society where it's being so discouraged. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you is for men who are realizing this problem um, of their lack of masculinity, um, if they don't have an example, like a father who is showing them that example of masculinity, they grew up in a broken home or they don't have a mentor or they don't have a brotherhood around them what's the best thing they can do to start forging that masculinity for themselves? Yeah. I, and I love the question. Gabe's a great question. And that's uh, why I created the fraternity of excellence was because, you know, Zach, Zach and I, uh, who partnered up on that endeavor, uh, we saw that, you know, we, I, I try to find in my own local community areas where I can find men who are as driven and ambitious and, and committed to leading their homes as I am. And it's very difficult to find I me. Mean, even I go to a pretty conservative church, and even within the church, uh, I would say less than half of the men that, that I know well enough to actually be able to, to discern whether or not they're living in alignment with the way that I would consider to be a healthy, uh, healthy masculine lifestyle. Uh, they're, they're just not, they're not, they're not doing it. And so it's very difficult to find that in local communities. Um, and so Zach had the same issue. Zach was in the Navy, as I think you guys probably know, he was in the Navy and he left that. So he, he had that taste a brotherhood. I was in a fraternity in college. I had that taste of brotherhood and I still have uh, some of those relationships have continued on to today. I'm, I'm 39 years old. So it's been a little while, but um, still, still have some of those relationships with the men that I really connected with. And, and those men are great. They're, they're a huge blessing to my life and we build each other up and hold each other accountable. And that's awesome. Uh, but it's, 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 most men don't have that. So while Zach had the Navy, he came out of the Navy. That's very difficult to, to maintain that because you know, he's in the Navy and then he comes home. He's, he's far away from where, from all of his brothers that he, he was serving with, you know, for me, I'm still in the relative, uh, same area of where I went to college. So a lot of the guys that, that I knew in my fraternity are still around and that's why we've been able to stay in contact. But even then, I mean, it's a handful at most at, at this point uh, in my life and we need more than that. And so uh, the best way, I mean, you have to find men who are, who are like-minded, who are achieving the things that you want to achieve. What's awesome today though, is yes, we have the fraternity of excellence and there's a cost to that. You know, we want men to have skin in the game. We want them to, uh, you know, invest in themselves monetarily and, and also, uh, have that skin in the game that forces them to actually take some action and really engage with our community and get the most out of it. Uh, but what's awesome today, I mean, you can go on Twitter and follow a dozen accounts that, that are uh, men who you would look up to and who you would think are, are men who are worth emulating. 
and find a lot of value just from that. I mean, they're, they're, today we live in an, in an age where uh, there's really no excuse. I mean, if you find that you're suffering from something, you can find somebody who's been there and who will probably mentor you either directly or indirectly for, <clears throat> excuse me, for free. Um, then, then you have YouTube uh, with, with guys who are sharing their messages there as well. Um, so start out, you know, start out just finding people who are doing the things that you want to do. You know, if you're a man who feels like you're not in touch with your masculinity, start researching uh, guys like Jack Donovan. You can read my blog, uh, you know, find these guys who have spent the time to really think critically about what it is to be a man and who have uh, put the action and the work in to develop their masculinity and can tell you, you know, what kind of value is there. You know, I'm somebody who, uh, I, I grew up when I went to a fraternity, right? I, I had, I had brotherhood. I grew up as a fairly masculine individual by today's standards. Um, but you know, we, we all go through to things in our lives, you know, you, you get married, you go work for a corporate job and all, all that stuff just kind of beats you down a little, little bit here and there, you know, over time. And so we all have to be intentional about this. You know, I, I, the brotherhood that I created is just as valuable for me as it probably is for the men who, who pay me money to be in it. Because, you know, I have 200 brothers in there that I can share things with and that I can bounce ideas off of and share my struggles with. Um, so finding other men who are who are doing the things that you want to do as a man, uh, that's probably the best place that you can go to really start learning about what it is uh, to be to be masculine and to to use that to your advantage in life. Uh, beyond that, though, the first step is always taking personal responsibility. You know, take take stock of your life, really get introspective and write down the things that you are not ha uh, happy with or satisfied with in your life and start looking at what you can, what you can do to change it. Start small, you know, don't, don't write down 20 different things and try to achieve all of them at once. You know, I, most, most of the time, what you guys are doing and, and my path was physical first. You know, I, I had gotten fat after college, after being pretty fit up, up until college. And, you know, I, I got an engineering degree. My studies were pretty tough. I was in a fraternity, so I'm drinking, eating poorly and not, not working out to the degree that I was uh, in high school. And so that, that was really what drew me back was uh, drawing that connection between hard work, uh, you know, exerting myself physically, getting results from my efforts. And that, that took me down a path that led me to Christianity. It led me to improving my marriage. It led me to making more money at work because it taught me something that I used to know. And I, I lost touch with over, over the years of just focusing so much on uh, you know, college and partying and all that was there is a direct correlation between our actions and the results that we achieve. And so, you know, being able to transform my body was a key element of that. And it helped me to realize that I could achieve anything. I mean, there was something that I was struggling with. There was somebody uh, who's been where I was and I could reach out and learn from them and take advantage of what they had to offer to improve my life as well. Yeah. I love what you said there. Um, because the truth of the matter is every single person listening right now, they're capable of making that same transformation in whatever area of their life. Because you know what? They can take personal responsibility. They can start telling themselves the truth. Of, oh, you know what? I'm actually, I'm fat right now. I'm overweight. Um, I'm being lazy. I'm not doing the work I need to do right now. Um, every can, everyone can do that personal responsibility. And then number two, if you don't have those role models, that, those leaders in your life, you can look to social media. Like you said, there's always those leaders, those experts that you can find that are doing the thing that you want to do and you can learn under them. They're, they're giving out all this information for free uh, with the internet. It's incredible. Um, but I do want to dive in a little bit deeper uh, to you mentioned kind of your physical transformation. Um, cause I did come across, I believe it was one of your blogs or something and you found yourself, like you're saying at one point with, you know, a dad bod per se. Um, and so I'm curious pretty much, how did you get to that point? How did you really overcome that? Was there a moment where you just looked at yourself in the mirror and said enough is enough or what happened for you? Yeah, I've actually, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but I've actually fallen, fallen back into, I'll call it a dad bod a few times now. So I mentioned after college, you know, I'd put on a lot of weight. And so that was the, the heaviest I'd been. I was about 250, 55 pounds around that time. And, uh, I got, I, I went all the way from there to about 177 and six, 7% body fat, just totally shredded. Um, and, and I, and then I, you know, up my calories a little bit, got a little bit more lax in my nutrition and tried to maintain, you know, a 10 to 12% body fat. Uh, but you get, you get laxed over time. You know, like I said, I had, had kids and, and whatnot, and I'm not somebody who makes excuses. I absolutely could and should have uh, maintained my commitment to, to fitness and nutrition during that, that time. Uh, but it, it is what it is. It's what happened. Right. And so I let that get the better of me. And so, yeah, I've, I've gone a few, I've never gotten anywhere near, you know, that whatever 25, 30% body fat that I was when I was 250 pounds. 
Um, but I've, I think three times now, you know, put on maybe 20, 30 pounds of fat and then, and then taking it off right, right now I'm actually, uh, working on, on leaning out a little bit. I'm not, again, I'm 215 pounds and probably 15% body fat. I mean, I'm not anything, you know, too shabby per se, but, um, but yeah, so I've done that a few times and yeah, the first time it really was, man, it was a, a, I looked in the mirror and it was just like, man, like what, what have I become? And, and so my wife, you know, we were, we were together all throughout college and we got fat together. And so it was kind of, it was a pretty cool thing that, you know, when I started taking control over my body, you know, she started following that, that lead as well. And uh, is doing the same, the same right now, you know, we're both trying to, trying to lose whatever 10 or 15 pounds of body fat and get, get that summer physique. Right. Um, but yeah, I've done that a few times and yeah, it's, it, we have to be on our guard because it's really easy, you know, 15 pounds for me, especially as a former fat guy, once you've, once you've been fat, your body, your body will put that back on real quick. And so I've, I've always, uh, since, you know, 10, 12 years ago, when I, when I, uh, got shredded after being fat, uh, for the first time, uh, that that's been something that I, I do keep very, very close tabs on. Cause that took me, I don't remember the exact time for 12 to 15 months or something like that to lose that 70 pounds of fat. And I never yeah. want to have to do that again, man. And I, I had health yeah. issues. I had, I had acid reflux that would wake me up in the middle of the night and I couldn't go back to sleep. I had uh, high blood pressure. I had rosacea in my cheeks that I looked like Santa Claus and it was really bad. And if I had like mm. two or three beers, it would, I just light up like a, like a jack-o'-lantern, man. It, it was, it was wow. bad now, but it was awesome to see as I lost that weight, I no longer had the acid reflux. My mm. blood pressure is in an ideal range right now. My triglyceri triglycerides are, are in an ideal range. And that rosacea is gone. I mean, all, all of these things uh, were, were cured just by me uh, making that decision to get my body in check. But yeah, uh, Jack, to answer your question, it was it was kind of one of those things where I got out of the shower one morning and you know, I, I just I had I mean, I'd gotten fat so fast that I had I still have them I had stretch marks like right here on, near my shoulders and on my stomach. And uh, man, it's you know, like I said, it's embarrassing to say because I hate that I ever let myself get to that point. But yeah. we all we all we all struggle, man. We all have something that we fail at. And what's more commendable uh, is recognizing it for what it is and taking back control. And, you know, I'm glad to say that I did that. And like you said, Jack, any, any of you who are struggling with that or something else in your life right now is the time you can come to that, come to that realization and start taking those actions and get that under control. There's nothing keeping you from doing that. And, and I wish somebody would have, would have been a brother to me before I got to that point and said, Hey, Craig, you're getting fat, man, get that under control. And that's, what's awesome about having a brotherhood as well is that, you know, men, men will deliver hard truths. You know, you guys probably, probably deliver them all the time in your line of work. You know, you have, you, you have to shoot people straight. And again, back to, there's so few men today who are willing to be assertive and bold and, and just tell somebody like it is. And you know, it's, yeah, it's hard to hear sometimes, but I wish, you know, three years before I had gotten so fat, somebody would say, Hey Craig, you're looking a little bit, a little bit chubby, man. Like, you know, you're all right. You know, you, you need some help getting that under control. Um, unfortunately that didn't happen. I had to, had to figure it out on my own. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how, how that went down. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much that you hit with that, man. Um, one of the things that I really loved was when you were talking about this situation, um, especially kind of when you first started, you said, uh, you know, I'm a bit embarrassed because, uh, I've, you know, I've done this multiple times. Um, but that entire conversation, um, I just had this sense that I was so confident that you were going to be able to drop however, exactly however many pounds you saw fit uh, for the summer. And if you decided to wax up a bit a year from now, get a few pounds, you'd be completely capable of dropping them again um, if you so chose to do so. Um, and I think that it's so powerful how you have that perspective that you are completely capable, you're in complete control of your body fat percentage. So many people look at their body fat percentage, look at their health as something that they are a victim to something that they're suffering from when in reality, it's something that um, is a result of their own choices and their own actions. And I think, you know, if somebody is struggling with that thinking, Oh, this is just going to be the rest of my life. I'm the fat guy. Um, they're, they might be confused about how assertive you are and how confident you are that you're going to be able to lose however many more pounds you, um, please before the summer. Um, but can you talk a little bit about how important it is to have that perspective of, I can do this. I'm completely capable of changing the situation. Um, maybe not necessarily just in regards to losing fat, but in regards to business or anything else. Yeah. Anything you, you have to go through life. I, I, I would consider it almost like an irrational sense of self-confidence. You know, even things that you have never done before, you have to be confident enough to know that whatever obstacles present themselves, whatever challenges you're faced with, 
you're going to see it through. You're going to seek out the answers that you need to get, get through it. You know, you, there, there are an infinite number of excuses that, that men can have for any of their failings in life. You know, if you talk about fitness, you know, there, there are a lot of struggles that, that men might have. You know, people will often be like, well, I, I might have a thyroid issue or something. You especially hear that with a lot of women. There are women that have thyroid issues. They're very, very few and far between. Uh, most women who would use that as, a, as an excuse don't have the issue, but maybe you do. Okay, well, go see a doctor. Go get your hormones checked. Figure that out. If you're a man who has, has been on point with your diet and your training, and you're not losing body fat, maybe your testosterone's all jacked up. Go, go get a test, figure it out. You know, there, there's nothing, nothing wrong with seeking out answers, but you do need to understand that these things don't come easy. Anything worth, worth achieving in life don't come easy. And, and you're going to have challenges and you have to have that confidence because if you don't, the second that something gets hard, you're going you're gonna to step back and you're not going to see it through. You're, you're not going to have that indomitability that you have to have, which is part of being a man, is being willing to see through the tough things and go through the discomfort that is necessary in order to get to the, the, the uh, reward that's on the other side. And so, yeah, any, it, whatever it is, you know, I, I say this a lot, whatever it is that you are struggling with, somebody has been there, somebody has overcome, and that somebody can show you the ropes. They can show you what to do. And it's not just somebody. There's probably thousands of men who have overcome what you're struggling with. And like, like we said earlier, you can probably even find them on Twitter, not even pay a dollar, just do, do some searching. Uh, find a guy that you can shoot a DM and he'll, he'll get back to, you know, I, I try to respond to every DM I get, you know, I don't, Oh, I can't always devote, you know, three hours of back and forth to guys, but I'll, if I, if I can't help them with a, with a direct answer, I can at least usually point them in the right direction. I'm guessing you guys do the same thing, you know, and, and we're not, we're not exceptions. You know, I know guys who have a hundred thousand Twitter followers who try to respond to almost every DM they get. So leverage those resources that you have. Uh, but yes, you, you have to have confidence because, if somebody gives you advice or somebody gives you direction and you're just going to waver on it and say, well, that's too difficult or I don't have what it takes. Well, then no amount of advice is going to change your, your trajectory in life. You, know, you have to be confident and willing to put in the work and understanding that even in the midst of struggles, which are inevitable, you're going to see it through and you're going to find the solutions that you need and you're going to stick to it until you achieve what you've set out in your mind to achieve. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. And one thing that I really like that you said is that there is, you know, some truth or some validity per se when it comes to some people's excuses. Like some people may have a thyroid issue. Some people may have poor genetics. That's, a, that's completely true. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do? You still have that choice to make of, oh, maybe it's worse for me. Maybe it's harder for me. But what are you going to do? Just become more and more unhealthy, more health problems, and just continue your poor habits? Or are you going to take responsibility for it and do everything in your power to overcome that? You're still looking for the same choice, same choice at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah, matter. Your, your path is going to be a little bit more difficult. That doesn't yeah. mean you, you can't, you can't, you know, do the same thing that the next guy does. It's just going to, you know, yeah, it might take you a little longer, but, but what's the other option? Like you said, Jack, what's yeah. the other option? You're just going to yeah. live fat, fat, <laughs> sick, and unhappy and go to an early grave. I mean, that, that's not mm-hmm. acceptable to me. I hope it's not acceptable to anybody else either. Dude, I, I love this. This lesson goes into so many things from fitness to how much money you make to what college you get into. I remember when I graduated high school, I had terrible grades in high school. I didn't get um, accepted into the, the the college I wanted to go to right out of high school. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was so glad that um, I, I took that perspective of, well, I fucked up. What am I going to do now? I'm going to be the absolute best student I can be for a few years at community college and dominate my academics. And this is a hilarious story. I need to bring this up because it illustrates the point so well. When Jack and I first started this business, um, we had worked on it, just kind of uh, you know coming up with the project itself and outlining all the the um, the details for maybe six months before we launched and started trying to land clients um, for our fitness coaching. And the first client we signed um, from maybe it might've been a YouTube or a Facebook ad completely random. We had no idea what we were doing. Um, we, we signed him at, at the end of the night. Um, and you know, I, I was on a phone call and we charged a credit card and everything went through and I texted Jackie, Oh, first client, man, we're happy. We're hype. We were on top of the world. Um, I remember just literally being like, okay, we're doing this. Like my life is going to be amazing. Go to sleep that night. Um, and the next morning, 
um, I was sleeping over at my girlfriend's house on, on this particular night. Um, I, I'm woken up by a phone call and it's the guy that we just signed. Um, and he says, Hey, Gabe, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have to cancel. So that's, that's what I woke up to the next morning. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously I handled the phone call professionally. I was like, okay, cool. You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, took care of him. And after I hung up the phone, she put my phone down and I'm like frustrated, like, oh, um, pissed. Right. And my girlfriend looks at me, she's like, what's wrong. And I'm like, our client just canceled. And I don't think she was trying to be rude. I think my girlfriend, uh, sometimes she's kind of, she's kind of blunt, which I, I love. And I'm so grateful that it was in this situation, but she was just like, stop being a bitch. And she was like, Oh my God, did I just say that? Like she, like, she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, you're right. Thank you. Like, and uh, yeah. that, that moment where it's like, yeah, you, you failed something bad happened or something unfortunate happened. What are you going to do? Are you going to give up on the six months of work that you and Jack just put in? Or are you going to stop being a bitch and make the next best decision? And I'm so glad that, that she decided to not have a filter on that morning. Uh, Cause who yeah. knows uh, what kind of, you know, maybe victim uh, mindset could have taken on at that point in time. Are you still with her? Yep. <laughs> she, she sounds like a good one, man. I, yeah. I, I like her and I don't even know her. Yeah, man. That, that <laughs> moment solidified it for sure. I was like, wow, like, thank God she was here. <laughs> That's great. Well, I like, I like to, you know, part of that story too, Gabe, you know, that you guys, you guys took action. You people put off taking action because they think they're not ready and you're never ready when, especially when it comes to, to achieving something big, you're never ready. You know, the guys will say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the gym after I do some body weight stuff at home for a few months and, and lose the first 20 pounds. Why, why not go to the gym and have access to the implements that you need to, to lose that 20 pounds faster or build muscle at a more aggressive rate or whatever, right? Well, why, why are you putting off? You're making excuses at that point, right? I mean, yeah. people will reach into their pocket and pull out any number of excuses, but um, what you guys did, you know, I'm, I'm sure you had tons of uncertainty, right? Which is what made that first sale so exciting because yeah. you know, you, you've been grinding your wheels, you've been planning, you've been trying to figure things out and, and you're taking action, not knowing where you're going to end up or how, how it's going to be taken. Um, but now look at you guys, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly, you know, how many clients you have or anything like that, but just by looking at, at the influence you're having on Twitter, uh, you know, you guys are two up and coming, uh, gentlemen that, uh, are worth, worth checking out, man. I mean, you guys are, uh, two of my favorite follows and you know, I've been following people on Twitter for whatever, four years now. Uh, but all that started because you guys had that, uh, had that risk tolerance and said, you know, I know there's some risk here. I know there's probably going to be some failures along the way, but I'm going to step out and do it anyway. And we have to do that. I think that that is, you know, again, this is not something that women necessarily can't do, but I think that is part of what it is to be a man, that testosterone that we have, that is, that is uh, coursing through our bodies at a much higher degree than women that, that makes us more, uh, more able to take those risks, more willing to take those risks that, uh, that a lot of women wouldn't be. And so many men today aren't willing to do that. So many men would be in your position and say, well, what about this? What about that? What about that? They, they look at all these risks and they say, hey, you know, it, it's not worth it. We, I can't take that action. You know, but you guys stepped out and you took action. You know, that's the same thing I, I've done with my blog, with my podcast and with Fraternity of Excellence. I had no idea if anybody's going to join when I built Fraternity of Excellence. It's a great idea to me, right? Like, I, I know men need each other. I know men need brotherhood and, and it's been valuable to me. But, you know, I, I, I've never been like a, a great copywriter or anything like that. I had no idea if I was going to be able to sell this thing to people. You know, fortunately, Zach, uh, my partner, is a lot better at, at uh, copywriting and, and digging into people's emotions and things like that. So we work well together. But, um, you know, the fact of the matter is that could have fallen flat on its face. I could have spent, you know, hundreds of hours getting everything ready, building that community and, and then nothing. Um, but so what, How, what, what less would I've learned through that? Right. And a, a lot of men need to learn too, that, you know, failure is not always a, a bad thing. You can take a lot of value from failures, oftentimes a lot more value from your failures than, than you can from your successes. And, uh, it's great that you guys, you know, didn't let that fear of failure keep you from taking action. Yeah. So one huge takeaway from that point that I, it really struck my, my chord was um, that confidence and certainty is really earned. You know, no one is truly prepared. No one is truly going to be ready from the get-go. You know, you can spend hours, days, weeks researching how to exercise, but if you never step foot in the gym, you're still going to be scared as hell when you walk through those doors. You've never lifted a weight before. You know, same thing with business. You're not going to earn any certainty, any confidence if you never pick up the phone, start actually doing the work, doing outreach, trying to sign clients, customers. It's never going to happen. No one's ever prepared. You know, the no only matter what, earn, the first time yeah. you do it, you know, the first time you do it, you're going to look like a fool. You, the first time you get under that squat rack, you're going to look like an idiot. And that, that's 
that's why guys like you exist is to, to help, you know, get that learning curve, get over that learning curve a little bit faster. First time you make that sales call, you're going to fall on your face. You're going to say something you shouldn't have said. You're not going to, you know, say what you should say. You're not going to close the deal effectively, but that's all part of the process. You got to get, you got to walk before you run and uh, you got to get comfortable with that. You know, I, yeah. I love that analogy, Jack. It's great. Mark Bell, uh, he has a, he has a quote that, that I really resonates with me about this subject. And it's that he, he will say that he believes mental toughness is just preparedness in disguise. So the guy who walks out of the locker room before a UCF um, fight, and he has just this death stare in his eyes. And it looks like if he had to, um, he could take on the entire arena, every dude in the entire arena, and he has no fear of death. Um, the fact is, he has just done it before. He has so many experience, um, so much experience training, so much experience fighting, so much experience getting punched in the face that he is just mentally prepared to dominate. And, you know, some young up and coming, up and coming fighter might be looking at Poirier, might be looking at McGregor and thinking, I'll never have that, that death stare in my eyes. I'll never uh, be that confident, be that willing to actually walk up and, you know, fight for a championship. But how many more fights does that guy have under his belt? than you do how many more times has he put himself out there how many more times has he failed than you have um so i really love this idea of nobody is prepared in the beginning um but the more reps you do the more failures you take um you start to build that confidence it's something that you actually forge not something that you can manifest out of nowhere yeah one thing i yeah. want to touch on um real quick is uh you touched on it and craig you touched on it as well is kind of there's benefits to failure. And I'm sure some people listening right now, they're like, what, what are you talking about? Benefits to failure. Failure is terrible. I've, I've actually, I've tweeted this before of like failure is beneficial for you. Failure is good for you. And I know uh, I saw one of your blog posts, you said something similar. So can you touch on that for us? Like, what does that really mean? How can you benefit from failure? Yeah. Not, none of us want to fail, right? You know, we set out to achieve a goal. None of us were like, Oh, great. We failed. That's awesome. Right. But um, but, but there, there is a lot to be learned because oftentimes when we succeed, uh, we don't take the time to look back at, at what we can do to get better, where when we fail, that's, that's, unless you just call it quits, that's almost inevitable. If, if, if you have a goal that you continue to pursue and you failed, the only logical option at that point, if it's still a goal that you want to, to achieve is to figure out, you know, what, what didn't work in that plan that you were, that you were adhering to and what, what can you do to change it? And so in failure, um, yeah, I did, I don't, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I do have a blog post that it's titled something like how to fail forward. And yeah, that was something that uh, was inspired by some dialogue with some men inside of the fraternity of excellence because we were talking about uh, the value of failure. And, you know, for, for men, first off, if you're going to get any value out of failure, you have to be humble. You have to be somebody who recognizes that he made a mistake because again, we, we can just as easily put our mindset on a different track and say, well, well, we didn't succeed because, uh, this, this didn't happen exactly like I thought it was going to happen. Or I had this challenge that, that, that cropped up that I had no idea was, was uh, you know, lurking behind the corner. Or we can have the humility to say, we did some things that, that, that we could have done better or done differently. There are some answers out there that, that I don't currently have. And so I'm going to be humble enough to say, okay, this is what, this is what caused my failure. You know, somebody who's trying to lose weight, maybe they, they set out to lose 20 pounds in three or four months or whatever, right? And, and they fail miserably okay, uh, my diet plan probably wasn't working. My training probably wasn't in alignment with the goals that I have for myself. I'm going to now go and say, that doesn't mean that I can't achieve it. That just means there's a better way out there. And so I'm going to go out there and seek out that answer. And again, that takes humility. That takes recognizing that I, I made a mistake or I fell short and somebody out there has answers that I need or has something uh, that's of greater value than what I currently have and are currently possess. Nothing wrong with that. Um, so that's, that's where, to me, where failure has its greatest value to our lives is, is if we're humble enough to accept it. And that, that's a, an opportunity to learn that we don't often have in success. You know, it, there, there, are, there are certain, you know, elite uh, performers in athletics, you know, sports and whatnot that, you know, even in success, they'll go back and look at the tapes and figure out, you know, okay, yeah, we, we you know, Tom Brady won big at the Super Bowl, right? He, he probably at some point went back and looked at those tapes and didn't just do it to admire his performance. He probably went back and looked at those tapes and still found a handful of flaws that next time he's going to work to improve. And that that's something that, that a lot of people shy away from because it's, it's, you know, it's negative. It's, it's uncomfortable to, to see the things that we've done wrong. We have to get comfortable with receiving constructive criticism from others. We have to get comfortable with 
being intellectually honest enough with ourselves to recognize where we fall short. Maybe we hit our goals, but we can still look at it and say, you know, we really could have done a lot better job or we could have achieved this a lot faster had we done X, Y, and Z. Um, and so, yeah, failure is very valuable if we allow it to be in our lives. And that's, that's a big if, because a lot, a lot of men, uh, you know, I, I speak to men, so it's men and women, but, um, a lot of men don't, don't do that. They don't have humility. They excuse away their failures and, you know, you can excuse away your failures all you want. You're just going to be mired in the same destitute, you know, state of being that you are right now uh, until you, yeah. uh, until you, you know, exert that humility and go find the answers that you need. Yeah, I love um, kind of the words that you're using. Um, you're using the word humility. You're using the word uh, letting, you know, the phrase letting failure be valuable if we allow it to be. And something like being humble or, or something like letting failure be, be valuable to you maybe isn't something that um, kind of the mainstream will consider uh, masculine traits. They wouldn't consider, you know, the, the quote unquote toxic um, you know, masculine man to be somebody who's humble, to be somebody who lets failure be a, be a lesson to them. Um, but what we're talking about are these traits like humility and being willing to learn from failure, being able to accept that risk as what is true masculinity. And it just re reiterates that point that um, a, a toxic masculinity is somebody whose ego is too big to even take a risk because they're so afraid of failure that they can't stand that, that sense of the failure of not achieving their goals. Um, so I love how every single little lesson we talk about is coming back to the idea that these masculine traits are what actually produce um, these results of what everyone would consider a good man. Yeah. Another masculine trait that, that, uh, is often lost in the shuffle is love. You know, a lot of what I do as a man is out of love. You know, I, I, I work as hard as I do because I, I love my family and I want to provide for them. You know, a lot of what I do for myself, it's self-love. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to walk around with a body that's fat and diseased and that, that I'm not going to be able to, you know, see my grandchildren because I've not taken care of my body. You know, it, yeah. love is something that, that we have as men and we need to use that to our advantage as well. And one of the points that you uh, just made, Gabe, that I think is worth noting with regards to people not being willing to admit their failures is we live in an age of, you know, social media. And if, if you go to social media, what you're typically going to see is just people's highlight reels, right? Pe people aren't typically sharing their failures. And I, I get it, right? I, I'm a uh, quote unquote influencer, right? And there's, there's not a lot that you'll find on my timeline of, of you know, things that I fail at. And, you know, that, that, that's probably a weakness of mine that I need to, I need to work on. But just in general, people don't, don't share their, their failures on social media. It's, it's, again, it's the highlight reel. Um, but I, I am, I'm intentional about sharing my failures with my children. You know, a lot of fathers yeah. today won't do that. Our kids need to know how to fail. They need to learn how to take value from failure. They need to know how, uh, you know, when you fall down and you skin your knees, you get back up and you keep moving forward. You, you don't let that, that, uh, uh, temporary defeat keep you down and keep you from pursuing the things that you've determined to be valuable in life. And uh, so that's something that, you know, those of you who are listening, who are fathers, make sure you share your failures with your kids. It makes you more real. You know, they're still, you're still going to be their hero, probably even more yeah. so because they're going to see a man who is flawed just like them, but who knows how to deal with those flaws and failures and turn them into uh, a positive in their lives, uh, even, even though they're undesirable in the moment. Yeah. Some incredible things to take away right there. Um, but I don't know. I kind of want to put you on the spot. Um, would you mind sharing with us some of your key defining failures per se that really turn things around for you? Sure. I mean, I, it'll be hard to, to come up with them right off, uh, right off hand, but um, you know what I meant, mentioned one earlier, you know, just my, my uh, inability to keep my body in a position that I, that I like it to be. And, you know, I've, I've been pretty good about that uh, recently. Um, but you know, I, I knew exactly how to maintain the physique that I wanted. I, I had learned that I, I I'm certified as a nutritionist, personal trainer. I, I knew what to do, but I wasn't doing it. And that that's a failure. And he, even, you know, with my children now, you know, I have to remind them about the, the things that they're eating and, and what it, what it might do to their body. You know, I'm not, I'm not somebody who deprives my kids from enjoying an ice cream here and there or from, you know, if they want to have some fruity pebbles or something fine, you know, have it. But that's, that's not something that, you know, it shouldn't be the norm, right? It shouldn't be, you know, every single day you're waking up and, and, you know, you're eating, eating, uh, a bowl of cereal that's chock full of sugar for breakfast, right? But we have these conversations about, um, you know, what, what might happen if you eat this all the time, you can develop diabetes, you can develop cancers, you know, it's not healthy for your brain and mental clarity and, and you can be overweight. You know, we talk about these things and you know, I, I explained to them some of, some of those failures that I've had 
uh, physically. I've had failures at home. I mean, even with my wife, you know, I, uh, no marriage is perfect, right? I've had failures where, you know, I, and, and men, you can, you can tell when you start to fail as a leader in your home, because any of you guys who, who have ever heard the term shit test or compliance test, you know, your wife will, will test you. Uh, she'll test your metal as a leader. And so basically what that looks like is she nags you, you know, she'll, she'll make little comments here and there about how you didn't do something you said you were going to do, or, um, just something that she's unhappy with. And that, that's usually a sign that, that, uh, that, that you're not, you're not leading well. And I've gone through periods in my, in my life where, you know, just the stresses of work, you know, again, I have a demanding day job. I'm, I'm a vice president, uh, at a automation engineering company. You know, I, I'm doing what I'm doing online. My kids are all in sports. I play sports. And so, yeah, there are certainly times where just all of my commitments, uh, lead to me not being the, the leader that I need to be for my wife and for my children. Um, and when that manifests itself, I try to be intentional about recognizing that y'all see my wife's stress level start to go up. And, you know, again, I'm not somebody who tries to place that blame on her or somebody else, at least not, you know, sometimes I do, I'm flawed, but, um, I try to recognize that as quick as possible and sit down have a conversation with her, figure out uh, what it is that's stressing her. And, uh, you know, we, we, we are a people that is, uh, we are, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? We, we trend toward entropy. Uh, toward complacency. And so we have to fight back against that. And, and, you know, the gym is a great example of that. What, what happens to our bodies if we just don't do anything, right? If we don't engage in resistant resistance training, if we don't feed them well, they don't go in a positive direction by default, right? And you get, you get fat, you get diseased, you, you know, you, you get weak. Um, and so we have to be on our guard about the different, different things that will uh, take shape in our lives and how that failure might manifest itself and try to recognize it quickly and correct course. Um, trying to think yeah. of some other areas that I, I mean, I, I failed at work, man. I, I probably had three years at my first job where I had that entitlement mentality where I thought, you know, I've been here three years. Why, why am I not getting a promotion? You know, when the next guy is getting a promotion after two years, well, that next guy was more deserving of it. Right. It wasn't about the time that I was with a company. It was about the value that I was or wasn't bringing. Um, yeah. so yeah, my mindset failures, I, I would say uh, my life has been has been uh, full of them. I mean, again, I, I try to correct them quickly when I, when I notice them uh, taking hold. Um, but I think that's common. I mean, I really do. You know, any, yeah. anybody who listens to this, who says that they don't suffer from mindset failures and need to be reminded of, of uh, the right way to approach life uh, on a periodic basis, they're probably lying. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that with us and having that humility um, because it just, you know, greater exemplifies what you've been able to come back from the masculine traits, um, how the masculine traits you embody have been able to lead you to the position you're in now. Um, and I love how you were able to illustrate the point that the first step um, that got you out of those places of mindset failures was taking responsibility. So I, I think, again, for anyone listening who might be into it or currently in a space where they feel like they're failing, whether it be mentally, whether it be financially, physically in their relationships, the first step is always taking responsibility. Um, and Craig, I think you did an absolutely amazing, uh, fantastic A-plus job uh, today of telling our listeners, of illustrating why masculinity is so important and the good things that come, the desirable outcomes that people can expect when they pursue masculinity relentlessly. So we really, really appreciate your time today, man. Um, again, we're blown away. I'm definitely going to go back and listen to this. Um, and we're really happy that you're able to deliver this message to our listeners. Thank you, man. Yeah, no, thank you gentlemen for uh, allowing me the opportunity to speak to your audience. And uh, like you said, Gabe, first step, look inward. You know, you're, if your finger is pointing outward every time you you uh, identify something undesirable in your life, you're doing it wrong. First step should always be look inward. And uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I uh, look forward to uh, you know hopefully I can come back on again and we can dig a little bit deeper on on another topic in the future. Absolutely, 100, man. We'll have to do that. Um, but last thing, last order of business: where can the people find you? Maybe where can they get help from you or join uh, some of the things that you have going on? Yeah, so uh, on social media, my my. Prime home base is Twitter. And my handle is masculine design. Um, I, I haven't been a victim of any of the censoring going on yet, although I wouldn't be that surprised if that did happen because I do have a conservative uh, Christian message and one of personal responsibility. And I do tweet about politics uh, here and there as well. Um, but you can follow me there on social media. I also have a backup account on Gab that I'm not not really active on. But if I ever get taken off of uh, Twitter, that's where I'll go. Uh, the blog is at masculinebydesign.com. I also have a newsletter there. Uh, my newsletter is mainly uh, used to, if I, if I post a new blog posting or I uh, produce a new podcast, I just share it there. So everybody who follows me uh, has a way to keep up to speed with what I'm doing. 
Um, I also have, like I said, the Brotherhood of the Fraternity of Excellence. And right now, our, we only open our doors every so often there because we like to uh, keep a measured approach to the number of men that come in there. We just recently closed our doors, um, but there's a waiting list there. So if you go to fraternityofexcellence.com, you can uh, sign up for the wait list. And then as soon as uh, our doors do open again, you'll get notified. And uh, yeah, beyond that, I mean, I do have a, a podcast that you can find. It's the Masculine by Design podcast. Uh, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all, all the major uh, platforms. But um, yeah, I think that I have a few others, but that's probably good enough for now. <laughs> Incredible. All right, man. We appreciate you so much, Craig James. What a blessing it was to talk to you today. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, likewise, Jack. Appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks, Gabe. Talk to you guys soon. Wow. Amazing conversation there with the Craig James. One of the things I really loved most about that is how at the end of the day, the first step towards solving all of these problems, towards building your masculinity, towards turning your life around if you're in a situation that you don't like is first taking personal responsibility. Um, so I think that was a very valuable lesson that you guys can apply to every area of your lives. And look, if you're not following Craig james the legend on social media you know where to go go ahead check out the description of this podcast we'll have all of his links below as well as the links to uh, join all the projects that he has going on and if you're not following us myself and gabe then go ahead and check us out main place ron is on twitter we'll have that link in the description as well if you're someone who's looking to really transform your body and take back control of your health and your fitness then go ahead and dm either one of us on Twitter, the word transformation, and we'll help you out. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and rate it five stars. We would highly appreciate it. That's it. You have an amazing rest of your day.